where we're breaking hard ground with feathers. I'm sorry. We're breaking hard ground with feathers. Soft, gentle, subtle. You know, and at that time of softness and gentle, this isn't the sermon, this isn't even the introduction. But these times of subtleness that God brings us into, sometimes we can go full on. We can bust down walls, absolutely. And there's those times when God says, I need you to headbutt that and I need you to headbutt that right now. And then you go spiritually, whack. And there's other times, then I'm going to break new ground with a feather. And he says, I'm going to do it this way because it's all about him and not about me and it's not about us. That's the sense I got. And as we sit there and work on that, God will do things his way. God will open the doors his way. And Janelle and I have got testimony after testimony after testimony where he's opened the door his way for us to walk through. And he said, Doug, you can sit there and you can nut that door until you're blue in the face. It's not going to change a thing. I don't want you to go that way. This is the way I want you to go. Walk through the one that's open. Hello. And so this breaking hard ground with a feather, we're sitting there plowing into the ground, doing what we need to do to allow God to be God to do in our lives, to see people's lives changed. And he said, now I need you to be sensible and subtle. Now I need you to listen to me and allow me to work through you. Because when that's happening, we're going to see some magnificent changes. Come with me over to um, Luke chapter 7, verse 1, starting at verse 1. This is a, ma- I, I love this scripture, and this scripture actually embodies that idea of breaking ground with a feather. It is not about how Jesus is busily nutting the temple leaders. It's not about how Jesus is sitting there holding the temple leaders and saying, now listen here, you were doing it this way, you were teaching people this way, but now I'm saying it's this way. It's not this, it's not what Jesus is talking about. This is incredibly subtle. This is about Jesus and life-changing encounters, yes. But it's also about how he responds to a heart that's willing to be taught. So we start at verse 1. When he concluded saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. So that's all working back to the Sermon of the Mount, the teachings that he did all through the first few um, chapters of Luke. A centurion servant who was highly valued by him was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he went to some, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his servant. Did you know that that um, centurion was probably told, you watch out for that troublemaker from Nazareth. Keep an eye on him. There's things happening around here we need to know about. I want you to observe and report. Have your hundred men go out, watch what is happening as this chap's teaching into these people. We don't want agitators, you know. And so this centurion's basically getting the gospel. He's seeing incredible healings. He's seeing people's lives changed. He's seeing people raised from the dead. He's hearing these rumours of people raised from the dead. He's seeing people being delivered from um, demon, demon possession. He's seeing all this and suddenly his beloved servant is sick. Oh, well, I'm a centurion. I've got, no, I've got money. 
I can get the best medical help for him back in those days, which was pretty terrible. And so he gets the best medical help, but it's not helping one little bit. My, my servant is sick. It says a lot about this guy. Well, if I break that servant, the servant, that's okay. I'll just go get another one. But he didn't want another servant. He wanted that one repaired. Isn't that odd? He could pick any servant he wanted. You, in the marketplace, come here, you're my servant now because the other one's dead. Oh, you're pretty tough on servants. It's kind of like, you know, what, 10,000 Ks, you get a new servant? I don't know. But it seems to me that this guy had value to him. It seems to me that this centurion placed value on people, which were really odd for centurions, incidentally, because those guys were the absolute peak of the peak. They were elite, and if you got in their way, they took your head off. So... This guy values his servant. And more than that, he then goes, a Gentile presents himself, just send some guys over, talk to this Nazarene guy and ask him to come. Well, we go to verse, um, verse 4. When they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly. They advocated for this Gentile, saying, he is worthy for you to grant this because he loves our nation and has built a synagogue. Well, that's all well and fine. And so they're saying, you, you've got to respond, Jesus. This guy's got value. He's connected. He's important. He's special. And then Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion said Fred's to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself since I'm not worthy to come under my roof. You to come under my roof. You know, in the Matthew's account, the centurion goes himself to him. In this account, he sends someone, people are advocating for him in Matthew's account, and you can read in um, chapter 7, I think. I've got it written down somewhere in these notes that I'm not using at all. I'll find it, it's okay. So the actual, the centurion in Matthew actively seeks out Jesus. In this account, people are advocating for him. The result's still the same, incidentally. The result is this. Don't trouble yourself. Don't come to me. I'm not worthy for you to come. Well, hello, sweetheart. None of us are worthy. But something happens. This transaction happens with Jesus. And it says, well, mate, I'm making you worthy. He says it to all of us too. Hey, I know that's right. That's good. He does. He declares us worthy. I'm getting excited. I'll have to slow down a bit. What often happens is I start to talk really quickly. And the interpreters say, stop. Slow down. But what's more exciting is when the interpreters get excited as well. So they're all bouncing around around each other. It's kind of like, ball bearings in the cyclone really since I am not worthy have you come down my roof that is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you oh wow but oh I love buts in the Bible buts in the Bible excite me they're like huge big hello you need to watch because I'm going to break ground with a feather right now but just don't bother coming. It's okay. Don't. It's no, no, it's but. 
say the word. <laughs> but say the word. And guess what happens when we say the word? We actually giving Jesus permission to act on our behalf. But just say the word and this is going to happen. Now what's God telling us to do? But say the word. Submit to my word. And that's the sense of what this is happening. Breaking ground of a feather is submitting to the word of God. What's Jesus saying about a situation? I don't care what the world says about a situation. I don't care what politicians say, uh, say about a situation. I certainly don't care what Alba Anthony Albanese says about a situation. But I do care about what God says about the situation and this is what God says. But say the word and your servant will be healed. What does a doctor say about your situation? Well, you know, I'm really sorry, but you've got... No. I was told years ago I had diabetes. I said, have I? And uh, then I said, okay. Went to the Lord about it. And I haven't got it. My tests come back normal every year. You say, well, now that you're a diabetic, I'm not a diabetic, and I refuse to walk under that curse. My blood sugar comes back perfect every time. That's it. I'll tell you that one day. One day. So he says, "For but say the word, and my servant will be healed." Oh, that is just next level faith. When you come up, oh, Lord, I just want you to pray for something here, and I'm just going to pray. Oh, yeah, but, you know, if the Lord wills, well, nonsense. Janelle and I have seen the most God move in the most amazing ways, in the most incredible healings. I've seen scales fall off people's eyes in front of my eyes. I said, well, I've seen a little bent little old lady say, click, 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 and dancing before the Lord. I've seen walking frames go hurling across basketball courts. We were praying for one lady, this young fella, and my mate was praying for him. And next thing, he goes, hey, that's my aunt. He's walking frame. And she's up there dancing for the Lord. Breaking ground with a feather. You know, um, oh, here. for I am too, am a man placed under authority. See, authority, a lesser authority submits to the greater authority. And if God's telling us how to respond, if God's telling us how to yield to something, well, we need to listen to what God's saying. Because this guy got it. This Gentile, this man with blood on his hands, this man who had a word could actually basically obliterate villages. All he had to say to these guys was, well, they didn't serve me bread. Let's get rid of them. Schmite them. And yet he says this, for I am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. He recognized that Jesus was doing precisely the same thing. Be healed. Take up your mat and walk. Unplug those deaf ears. Spirit come out of him in Jesus. In verse 9, Jesus heard this and was amazed at him and turned to the crowd following him. He said, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. And that's saying something quite astounding. When those who had been sent returned to their house, they found the servant in good health. 
What's God telling us to do? What's Jesus telling us to do? Because it could be something as radical as, I don't know, breaking new ground. But see, when we're breaking new ground, he's going to give us the tools to break the ground. We don't have to worry about anything more than doing it the way he's asking us to do it, asking us to break new ground. We can actually say, you know what, this is not suitable. I can't possibly break this ground this way. And he's going to say, well, that's fine because that's not the way I want you to do it. But what I do want you to do is listen to me and learn from me. You see, it's all about hard attitude. And it's just the centurion's hard attitude was the thing that Jesus knew and understood. You know, the fruits of, you know, loving the nation and building a synagogue, well, that's part of it, yeah, but that doesn't show hard attitude. That's just stuff. It's just things. Hard attitude is so much deeper than that. It's sort of saying, you know what, I'm going to do it this way. Why? Because God's told me to. And oftentimes when you say that, people go, are you sure? Are you really sure? I just don't think that's really what God's saying to you. Who are you to say that? But you test things. You listen to people. You go before the Lord again and again and again. The people... Um, you know, so sorry, knowing authority and our authority and submitting to godly authority and yielding to his authority will always lead to a soft and gentle heart, always does. The minute we choose to allow God to do something in our life, we choose to basically kneel and say, here we are, Lord, that's it, I'm done. Now, it's, all of us come to this crossroads in our walk, everyone, there's no one who doesn't, and I've, you know, it's, that you actually sit before the Lord or kneel before him with your hands out and say, you know what, Lord, I've tried my own way. I've tried to do this the way I felt it needed to be done. But you know what? It's not enough. I've got to do it your way. And that's absolute surrender. That's that yielding. And as you yield, this is the picture I had last week, actually, was that um, a person's yielding, presenting himself everything to God. Straight down. Now, one thing to present your weaknesses to God, but what about your strengths? Are you willing to prevent, present your strengths and weaknesses to God? Because you can use both. And I can do it this way because I know. Well, no, I don't want you to do it that way. I want you to do everything my way, including your strengths. And it's harder to submit your strengths to God. But you know what? He's in it. I'm going to stop there. Because if I keep on going, here comes my beloved. So I've been praying about um, our identity and our authority in Jesus. And then when Doug said that he was going to talk about surrender, that's where we get our identity and authority in Jesus, surrendering to him, giving all to him. So I wrote a sermon, and it says, four foundational truths for knowing 
and stepping out in your identity and authority in Jesus. So I just want to go through these four things today. Hallelujah. So these are foundational to our Christian walk. So the first one is believe in Jesus and honour him as Lord for who he is. The second one is know your identity as a Christian, who you are in Christ. The third is know that Jesus has won your victory, what he has done for you. And the fourth, walk in that victory, hallelujah, that he's won. Stand on the promises of God and your authority as a Christian. Number one, believe in Jesus and honour him for who he is. Many know about Jesus. Many have accepted him as Lord but not made him Lord really of their lives, haven't given everything to him. And I mean, I'm talking to myself as well. We need to lay down and give everything to him. Well, I got news for you. Even the demons know that Jesus is Lord. Even the demons believe that Jesus is Lord. You know, hallelujah. They know how much more should we know? How much more should we say, Lord, you know, you're everything. We're going to give you everything and honor him in our lives simply for who he is. Okay, so these are words from the Bible, taking the straight from the Bible. If you want to know where they are, I can get them to you. I've written them all down. But um, I'm just going to say words straight from the Bible, who Jesus is. Jesus is the Christ. He's our saviour. He's the shepherd. God's our almighty creator. He's our deliverer. Is El Shaddai our strength, Adonai, Yahweh, Lord of the universe, King of kings, Lord of lords, my Redeemer lives, Elyonon, um, Jehovah Nissi, he's our banner over us, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, he's the line of the tribe of Judah, he's our protector and our refuge, he's glorious, he's majestic. He is the risen one, the exalted one, the king of kings. He's our helper. He's our victor. He's all powerful. He is the word. He's our shield. He's our vindicator. He's the rock of our salvation. He is faithful. He is good, understatement. (laughs) He is pure. He is the sustainer, the restorer. He is holy, a miracle worker. He is the God of wonders, the captain of hosts, the healer, the firstborn from the dead, the begotten son, the living God, the bread of life, the alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the lamb, the light of the world, the prince of peace, the comforter, the counselor, and it goes on and on and on. Biblical words of who he is. Hallelujah. The truth is, these words are exactly from scripture. God, honor him for who he is, hallelujah, and praise him for whom he is. Jesus, honour him for whom he is and praise him for whom he is. Holy Spirit, honour him for whom he is and praise him for whom he is, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 oh, hallelujah, Jesus. He has come to bring us a right relationship with God. He has come so we can be empowered by his Holy Spirit. How exciting. 
just worship him for whom he is. Number two, know your identity as a Christian, who we are in Christ. (laughs) Now we know who Jesus is. Now we know who God is. Now we know the Holy Spirit. Let's find out who we are. Knowing our identity in Christ has to do with our relationship with him, how close we are and how much time we spend with him. Here's words directly from scripture saying who we are in him. Hallelujah. We are beloved of God, children of God, sons and daughters of the Most High King, prince and princesses in his kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are the head and not the tail. We are the top and not the bottom. We are heirs of the Father and co-heirs with his Son. We are seated in heavenly places. We are citizens of heaven and one with him in spirit. Hallelujah. We have crucified the old self. We are new and we are new creation. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are forgiven, cleansed, justified, redeemed in Jesus' name. We are vindicated. We are a branch of the vine. We are a friend of Jesus, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We are made in his image. We are ambassadors for Christ. We're made alive, in, uh, made alive in Christ. We are fully known because he even knew us before we were born. We are his handiwork and he prepared good works for us to do in his name. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ, Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. <laughs> He has good works for us to do, and we've got to do them, step into them. Nothing more, because that'll become works, and nothing less, because we'll miss the mark. We don't want to miss anything that God's got for us. We are accepted. We are loved unconditionally. We are strengthened. We are sustained. We are restored in him and completely set free. We're liberated. We are more than conquerors. We are the victors. We are winners in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We are members of one body. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Together we are the army of God, the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. And again, the biblical list goes on and on and on and on. Hallelujah. That's just a few things of who we are, our identity in Christ. Hallelujah. Daniel eleven thirty two, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great things. If we know our God, if we know our identity in him, we will be strong. We will carry out great things because he strengthens us. We will have the strength to do it. Hallelujah. We will see great victories. Believe this truth. Believe that we have a God-given identity in Jesus. Hallelujah. Number three, know that Jesus has won your victory in what he's done for you. Now, this is a foundational truth. We know this, but it's good to be reminded of it, isn't it? Hallelujah. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus. Believe it. Hallelujah. Give thanks to God for your victory. 
Hallelujah. Step out in Jesus in the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, God gave his only son, foundational truth. God gave his only son to die on the cross for our sins to bring us into a right relationship with him. That's how much he loves us. Hallelujah. Foundational truth of Christianity, but it's good to be reminded of it. Okay. John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, you were bought with a price, therefore honour God with your bodies. Very foundation of our Christian faith. Jesus won our victory on the cross. His last words were finished. It is finished in John 19, 30. Why did Jesus say it is finished when he knew the resurrection was still to come? Why did he say it's finished? It wasn't completely finished, or was it? I'm just going to go through five things. Hallelujah. One, all the prophecies of the Old Testament that had ever been spoken about him were fulfilled in Jesus. Hallelujah. In his death on the cross. So his work on earth was complete. Number two. Another thing that was finished when, on the cross was judgment and punishment of sin. Was, we were brought to redemption, hallelujah, deliverance, salvation, freedom in him. Jesus paid the price for our sins. God placed our sins of the whole world on Jesus, hallelujah. We all like sheep had gone astray, hallelujah, turning to our own way, and he took all our sin. Isaiah 53, five, three, 5 to 6. And it reminds us also that by his stripes we are healed. Healing and wholeness in the death of Jesus on the cross and, and the events leading up to it. Another point that is that everyone's sin was laid on him. He was the last sacrifice, the only sacrifice, the pure sacrifice that was needed, no more animal sacrifice, pure, sinless, human sacrifice. That's why you could say it's finished. Hallelujah. Number three, when Jesus died on the cross and shed his bread, blood, he provided the forgiveness of sin because the judgment of sin of death and the payment of sin is blood. Jesus laid it all down and could say, it is finished. So I have a simple saying, simple gospel, simply Jesus. Hallelujah. And, you know, the gospel is simple. And if you were in the wrong place at the moment, if we're walking in sin, if we're walking uh, in worry, if we're walking in fear, if we're uh, walking in discouragement or even disappointed, bring it to God. Bring it to God. Ask for forgiveness. Simple gospel. Simply Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. Confess your sin. Forgive me, Lord. I need to do this too, Lord. And then repent from it. Turn away from it. And, and walk the way that he tells you to walk. And if it doesn't work, if you keep, you're tempted and you want to go back, ask him. He'll give you his Holy Spirit. He'll help you. You don't have to do it alone. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Hallelujah. So walk in all that he's got for you. Hallelujah. Overcome. Simple gospel. Simply Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number four, when Jesus said the words, it is finished, he meant everything was dealt with. 
He'd paid the price. The ultimate price was death, hallelujah, on that cross. Jesus answered in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. He who comes to and no one comes to the Father except through me, hallelujah. He is the only way. Number five, the last thing that Jesus accomplished on the cross when he said it was finished is that the devil and his demons were defeated in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, the devil has no power now. Tell him that. Tell him he's a loser in Jesus' name. He's been disarmed. Colossians 2.15 says, He disarmed the rulers and authority and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Hallelujah in him. The authority and his devils are defeated in Jesus' name, the devil and the demons. Matthew 28.18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and under earth, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And the work on the cross paid the price in full. It's done. <laughs> it's finished. And then there was the resurrection. Still had the resurrection to come. Hallelujah. The resurrection closes the deal. The resurrection finishes the argument. When Jesus rose from the dead, he proved who he said he was. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. He proved he was Lord over sin and death and even the grave. His resurrection proved who he says he was. Hallelujah. All authority. Colossians 1:18. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might reign supreme. Jesus reigns supreme. <laughs> Hallelujah. He reigns supreme. So this is what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. This is the victory he's won for us. Praise Jesus. Here's the last foundational truth. Walk in the victory. Walk in the victory that Jesus has won and stand in your God-given authority as a Christian. Knowing and standing in, in your authority as cr in Christ is having dominion and power over the devil, over your flesh. And as, as Doug was saying, surrendering to him will bring you to that place. Hallelujah. It's also about standing your identity in him. Hallelujah. So a verse, Colossians 2.10. In Christ you have been brought to fullness he is the head of every power and authority. Did we get that? Jesus is the head of every power and authority. And in Christ, we have been brought to fullness in him. He's provided your victory for you. Ephesians 6.12, you'll know this one. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of darkness of this world, and against the forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're always going to have spiritual battles that are going to have to be won. And victories need to be won. But we've got to battle them in the spiritual as well as on earth. We've got to battle them in the spiritual realm. Let's remember that Jesus has won. Be confident too that he wants us to win too. He doesn't want the devil to win. He doesn't want him to have any, any foothold in our lives so we got to discipline ourselves 
to get that victory and to stand in it. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith. Everyone. Everyone. Born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Believe it. We're overcomers in Jesus. Believe it. He's provided our victory. And the victory is, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So the key to walking in victory is walking in faith, not be shaken in Jesus' name, walking out your faith. And here's another, another truth we can stand in. The devil is a loser. Tell him that. Tell him you're the loser. Jesus is the winner, man, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Tell the devil he's a loser. Remind him of that truth. It's a truth. Remind him of the truth that Jesus is one. You know, Jesus came to destroy the devil's work, 1 John 3, 8b. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Colossians 1, 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He's rescued us. He's defeated the devil. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Believe it. Speak it. Truth of scripture over every circumstance that you're walking in. Believe it. Hallelujah. Tell the devil in your God-given authority that you are a winner. Remind the devil that he is defeated. I just want to quickly say this before I finish. If you have trouble identifying what the devil's doing in your life, if you, you have trouble identifying... Uh, is this God, is this the devil, you know, is it temptation, whatever. This is, this is how you recognise his work. The devil works in exactly the opposite that God works. So God works in the light. He works in the light and he brings things out in the open. Satan will work in secret and want to keep it in secret, in, in darkness. Hallelujah. Um, God brings blessings the devil brings curses. Uh, God loves you. <laughs> the devil hates you. And he hates you because you are made in God's image and his prized possession. The devil can't stand that. He hates you and he's out to bring you down. Um, God works in righteousness and the devil works in unrighteousness. God works in faith and through our faith. The devil works in fear and doubt, and he'll try. And so if you're confused, you're in fear, you're in doubt, you're in worry, take it to the Lord. That's the devil going in and in there, or your flesh rising up. Get it under control because you're a winner in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is faithful, and he works through faith. The devil works through doubt. God is for us, the devil's against us. His demons are out to, to make us uh, fall, to tempt us, to make us sin. But we have the victory in him. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stay spiritually awake. You know, we need to stay spiritually awake. We need to be looking. We need to be praying. We need to be worshipping. We need to be standing on the scriptures, on the truth of what the word says, not our feelings. 
Your faith doesn't rise up from feelings. It's like saying, nah, I'm a son and daughter of the Most High King. I am a winner because Jesus has won the victory for me. Stand on those words. Devil, you're a loser in Jesus' name. Get out. You're defeated in Jesus' name. You have no uh, foothold here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray, stand firm on his promises. Remind, renew your mind with scripture so it's here all the time. Memorize it so it's here and here all the time. Worship. Worship was good today, by the way. Awesome, awesome. It always is. Okay, in recapping those (laughs) four truths, we must believe in Jesus and honor him as Lord for who he is. Two, know your identity as a Christian. Know who we are in Christ. Three, know that Jesus has won our victory and what he's done for us. Hallelujah, when he said it is finished. Four, walk in that victory that Jesus has won and stand in your authority as a Christians. As Christians. Matthew, this is just the final, Matthew 10, 1. Jesus called his disciples to them and he gave them all authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Believe it. Jesus isn't a respecter of persons. He's not someone who shows favor just to his 12 disciples. He's given us that same authority because we are winners in him and he wants us to see victories. He wants us to bring victories to others and glory to his name. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. I hope you feel full. Does anyone feel full? It feels like we've just had a smorgasbord of stuff we need and stuff that will edify us and help us. Can I encourage you? You know, you can sit there and hear something like that and go home and and just let it drift off. You need to grab hold of something from that. What was it? And you need to go home and you need to, like, think about it and talk to the Lord about it and, and ask him questions and, and actually let the word of God do something in your life. Because, you know, we can hear it all the time and it, can, it just goes in one ear and out the other. It's not until we actually take it and, and chew on it and talk to God about it and relate to him through his word that it brings transformation to our lives. So it's so important. Like, do you need to surrender to Jesus? Doug was, was like, you know, authority, it comes through surrender. You know, do you need to believe that Jesus is Lord and honor him for who he is? Do you need to know your identity as a Christian? Maybe you are saved, but you're flailing around because you actually don't know who you are. Everything changes when you know who you are. I remember when I learned who I was, it changed everything. I was like, this changes everything. I said that for like a good year. I was like, this is amazing. If we know who God is and we know who we are, it changes everything. 
maybe you need to go home and talk to Jesus about he, how he's got the victory. And you need to, to like get solid in that and learn to trust in that. Maybe you need to learn to walk in the victory. You need to do something about it. And not just be sitting down, taking every punch that the devil's giving you. Maybe you actually need to go, actually, no, I'm going to stand. I'm going to do something. It doesn't always feel comfortable when you, when you get to the point that you're going to do something. But maybe that it's time for you to stand in your authority. Praise God. Jesus, help us. We ask for help, God. We want to be your disciples. We want to follow you. We don't just want to talk about you on Sunday, but we actually want to follow you and look like you and become like you, Jesus. We want to, we want to step into everything that you paid for on that cross. So I pray that you'd help us. Help us, God. We ask for your grace to come upon us, to take these words home and to unpack them with you, Holy Spirit. Lead us into all truth. Lead us into all truth, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.